This is the Swan Song Financial Show with Kevin and Michael Anthony from Golden Years Financial Advisors. When a part of your financial strategy is out of tune, your long-term goals, your retirement savings, and your legacy can all suffer. With many years of experience in the financial industry, Kevin and Michael provide their clients and prospects with the information they need regarding social security, retirement income planning, wealth management, and much more. Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful strategies to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now, here is the Swan Song Financial Show with Kevin and Michael Anthony. Hello, and welcome back to the Swan Song Financial Show. My name is Kevin Anthony. And I'm Michael Anthony. We appreciate you joining us here today. And if you'd like more information about what we talk about on our show, give us a call at 574 968 Swan. That's Swan Sleep Well at Night, 574-968-7926. Or check us out at our website, goldenyears-advisors.com. A lot of good information there. You can get in touch with us. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about some taxes and uh, something new about that. So you may have some questions that come out of today's conversation. And Michael, we've had uh, a new change of administration. The last thing we talked about was the stimulus package and trying to get people to understand what a trillion dollars was. Uh, We hear we have more of that coming on, but we also have some information on the table about a tax proposal from the current administration. Yep, absolutely we do. Um, so we're going to hit on this a little bit. And again, as of right now, it's it's a proposal. Uh, but we did hear a lot about this during the presidential campaign. Um, today is the 29th, so there's actually an address that Biden made last night. So he talked a little bit more about this as well. But uh, I think it's important that we at least touch on this because as we emphasize always, taxes should make your ears perk up uh, because it's very important, very important effects everybody. Yeah. And this is going to definitely affect a lot of folks out there. Um, a lot of businesses, corporations, business owners, which then trickles down to employees, of course. Uh, so it's going to affect a lot of people out there. And, and folks combine our last podcast with this one. We were talking about stimulus and we were talking about a trillion dollars. And remember in a trillion dollars, that's 12 zeros behind the one. And I know we heard last night that we were talking about a few more trillion dollars Uh, going on our national debt. So uh, again, try to combine this information as we talk about it. But let's jump into the tax proposal that's on the table. And Michael, thanks for saying that. This is not finalized by any means. And so the final version will be different than what we're going to talk about. So we're going to take a little bit of a high level approach to this today and try to get into some of the major elements and talk about them in broad terms. So you can be prepared because preparedness along with opportunity is what you're looking for. So where do you want to start us today here, Michael? Yeah. So let's uh, mention an article. That way people can take a closer look at this if they want. Please jot down notes if something you hear directly affects you. Because again, this is high level. So we're going to cover as much as we can, which of course means that we're not going to directly talk about a certain income level or a certain individual and how that works out. So a great art- article on Avestopedia is called Explaining Biden's Tax Plan. Um, So pretty much just to hop right into it is that, again, this is a proposal and it needs to be passed in both the House and the Senate. And then after all of that, Biden will be able to sign whatever's on his desk into law at that point in time. Uh, So just keep that in mind. Things always change. They adapt because that's just simply how our system works. 
Um, so the plan's first significant component that the article addresses is the proposal to restore higher tax rates and the alternative minimum tax. I mean, I, I think that's important to realize. So Biden's plan would pretty much repeal the tax deductions that were passed in 2017, meaning that the top income tax rate would go back to 39.6. It's currently at 37%. And then also, I think something that's very, very important to realize, and I know this doesn't affect everybody directly in front of their faces, but it does to an extent because of a trickle down effect, but it's talking about returning the corporate tax rate as well from 21% to 28%. And there has been some proposals and some mumblings about going even higher than that, but that's kind of what has been addressed mainly at this point in time. Yeah, it's a good, uh, good start to that. There's no, no question about that. Good start. And remember, uh, for, uh, those folks over 250,000, there's a, a, a surtax, if you will, uh, 3.8%. So you got to add that on top of some of those tax rates. So, uh, you know, looking, getting back to 39.6, got to add in your surtax there. Uh, because again, even though it's a surtax, it is a tax. So, um, and I don't know why they just don't uh, actually just put that into the tax rate, Michael, but I guess that's the way they can call it a surtax right now. And it makes everybody feel a little bit better that their tax rates are under 40% when they're not under 40%. <laughs> So uh, we, uh, we, we're just going to clarify a few different things, but we want to talk a little bit about what this means for the uh, average person out there, business owners and those kind of things. So for people with incomes over $400,000, okay, uh, let's, we're going to talk a lot about that because this uh, proposal out there really addresses where's where's tax money going to be coming from is that's going to be over four hundred thousand and as we spoke there's a lot of a lot of people that may just tune out and go well that's that's okay because it doesn't really pertain to me i we're making a hundred thousand or we're doing these you know these numbers below the four hundred thousand but realize a lot of these people are your business owners and uh that net trickle down effect really does make a big difference so for people with incomes over four hundred thousand dollars Itemized deductions uh, is going to, are going to be capped at 28% uh, instead of the percentage tax rate that applies to the higher uh, tax brackets, okay? So rates that are going to be tiered in a way that folks um, that are below 400000 are really not going to see a lot of increases, all right? So again, pretty much we're going to talk a little bit about what, what is going to happen to those that are over 400000 for a moment here. And uh, we can simply say that especially taxpayers that over a million dollars will pay um, the same rate on investment income as they would on wages. So, uh, Michael, there's something called carried interest, which is a bit of a loophole in the tax law, uh, but that's going to be addressed. So talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah. So carried interest is not not a normal term, not a normal term. My apologies. And, you know, you can kind of. uh blow this one off because it doesn't apply to everybody, but who it mainly applies to is fund managers, hedge fund managers, private equity managers. It's That's how they receive their income. And it's in essence from investments. So they've been able to be taxed at what is capital gains rates. And it's trying to eliminate that loophole so that their income, because it's usually pretty high if they're a hedge fund manager, is taxed at income tax rates instead of what is more favorable capital gains rates. Yeah, exactly. And you think about that. That's uh, uh, they're doing a high capital gains rate. That's like twenty percent, and they may be looking going towards ordinary income. 
So about, about, you know, for those hedge fund managers and those kind of things, about 100% increase in taxation, if you will. Uh, just and, and again, that's part, I think, of part of a loophole that's sitting there that's trying to be covered or trying to be taken care of, too. Um, so let's talk a little bit about corporations themselves. And I think this is where I think a lot of focus is going to have to be uh, realized for corporations. There seems to be the feeling out there that uh, sort of like when you increasing the trillions dollars of debt that we can just continue to print money. Uh, it seems to be a feeling out there that, oh, well, it's corporations, these big corporations, and if their taxes are going up, so be it. But realize that trickle-down effect, if tax rates are going to be proposed to going up 33% on corporations, that that's going to affect potentially uh, the amount of employees. Uh, it could affect the um, employment, of course. It could affect the overall cost of goods. Uh, that's just, you can't just all of a sudden print 33% more. So again, these kind of things that are going on, even though it's corporate and you don't own a corporation, please understand that all these things affect everybody. Okay. As far as that goes. So yeah. And one thing I want to clarify yeah. on that, when we're saying it's raising by 33%, I, I feel like when we say a lot of these numbers, people can get confused a little bit, but it's currently at 21% for corporations. Right. So a third of that is 7%. So if it goes from 21 to 28%, that's a 33% increase. While right. it goes up by 7%, it's a 33% increase, which is a big deal. Yeah. And I think that's the right perspective, Mike, is to uh, keep in keep in line what these percentages and these increases actually mean. I think that's a, a, an excellent point there too. Um, and, and, and what they're potentially doing there with corporations, corporations are also going to be subject to a, a 15% alternative minimum tax on profits over $100 million or more. So again, take in consideration in this that you have a 30, 33% increase in taxes. Now you're going to have additional 15% alternative minimum tax on profits over $100 million. Um, and corporate corporations are basically beyond the hook for that alternative minimum tax or regular tax on those things, whichever one's greater. Uh, so that's, that's a big thing. Um, there's also a, a, an area in here too where it has to do with what they call global intangible low taxed income. I'm not, we're not gonna go and explain all that, okay? Uh, but it has to do with things where you talk about uh, infrastructures and transportation and uh, manufacturing, these different things that could be a global style so a global intangible low taxed income, it's a whole different perspective here, but there is a lot of corporations that have that type of an income and the taxes on that are going from 10 and a half to 21, 100% increase there, okay? Uh, so it's pretty much, again, it's pretty much impossible at this point in time as we talk about some of these numbers to really see what that impact on these tax changes are gonna have on corporate stock valuations, and uh, as far as even, you know, of course, stock valuations affect your retirement plans and your investments. So again, even though these are corporate taxes, think through the process of how that's going to impact your own personal retirement plan, right, Michael? Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And if this is a concern to you, uh, which I think it should slightly be a concern for a vast majority of individuals, I urge you guys to reach out to us, reach out to your own pers uh, your own personal advisor, your CPA, and uh, just a financial services professional, uh, because it is very important. Of course, we'd love to have a conversation with you, and you can reach us in a few ways if you have a question. The easiest is just to give us a buzz, 574-968-7926, 
or go to our website, goldenyears-advisors.com. Yeah, that's perfect. And we're not going to get into all the investment aspects of this too, but you'll realize we do have to pay off the debt in this country in some way, same some fashion here. So as we've talked about before, taxes are going to go up, right? Um, and even if you're repealing some of those tax things from 2017, that does affect everybody. Okay. So, but during our show, why don't we jump into that, Michael, a little bit about how this may this proposal, if you will, uh, plan may impact uh, folks and their personal financial strategies. Yeah. So with these proposals right now is for the benefits for individuals and families. Uh, the plan is supposed to have new and reworked tax benefits for working families, including using tax credits that are often refundable rather than simple tax deductions. Um, so this part of the plan was designed to, in essence, provide lower and middle income workers with, you know, similar savings that current deductions often help with higher earners. Um, again, not going to dive too far into what's the difference between a credit and a deduction, uh, but it's supposed to help level out the playing field a little bit right there. Yeah. And, cre- and to, to hit that a little bit, their credits are uh, a pretty nice thing. Uh, deductions come off of income, but credits are actually come right back to you off from the bottom line. So uh, credits are a better thing than deductions in the way most people think about that. So, you know, again, making sure your tax strategy is really reflecting all the options that are available is one of the reasons to work very closely with a uh, financial service professional like ourselves. So we look forward to helping a lot of folks through through this as we get to those final uh, regulations there too. Um, but let's uh, discuss a little bit about uh, maybe some of the smart things and that are taking place in here. And I call it smart, smart plays, if you want to call it that. Uh, things that uh, the tax plan itself, as far as it proposing these bottom line credits and some of the advantages, especially to those that have families. Yeah. So there's two specific proposals right now. So there's two credits that are being proposed that focus on children, uh, which for most people that have children would agree that that's a nice thing. I I don't. So it doesn't apply to me at this point (laughs) in time, but you know, it is pretty great. Uh, So first it would expand eligibility for the child independent care tax credit to provide up to $8,000 in credits for certain expenses for low and middle income working families. Uh, Currently the maximum is $3,000. So that is a big, big difference. I mean, that's more than doubling what that is. It's 250%. Plus. So that's fantastic. So the second tax credit that I was referring to early is that under the Biden plan, the child tax credit would be made completely refundable and grow from 2000 to 3000 per child for kids between the ages of six and 17. Additionally, it's also going to provide a $3,600 per child credit for kids under the age of six. Yeah, excellent. Why, well, ta- again, tax credits, uh, just a check back more or less. That's what that is. Not a deduction, but an actual credit. So those are some favorable things. And it's sort of a takeoff of the this last stimulus package uh, that included those uh, child tax credits that we talked about uh, in our last show. This is uh, the administration wanting to sort of push this through as a permanent uh, relief um, as far as credits go. 
And so it certainly sounds favorable to those that do have children uh, still at home under the age of 17. Uh, but how about retirement, Michael? Uh, let's talk a little bit about retirement and the impact that uh, this might have on retirement. Yeah. So depending on the finer details on how this all comes across, it, it might change. We don't currently know every little minute detail of what's going to happen here, but there could be a substantial impact when it comes to 401ks and retirement plans yep. for high earners. Um, specifically speaking, one thing that we can kind of note at this point in time is the potential revision to the 401k contribution offered a taxpayer with a marginal tax rate of 35% getting offered a 20% tax credit rather than what the present deduction is at this point in time. So, the tax savings for the current maximum yearly contribution of 19,500 would drop from 6852 to 3900. Well, that's pretty significant right there. And again, that that's a lot of numbers right there. Um, but this change, the bottom line, this change uh, comes down to tax savings. That's what people want to know. What is my tax savings? And again, um, that tax savings uh, for a $19,500 uh, max contribution, um, there is a decrease in those savings potentially from 6852, which is the effect of that 195 currently today, and the effect of that 195 contribution potentially with this proposal goes down to $3,900. So a significant decrease, almost a $3,000 decrease, uh, and that impact on that 401k contribution for some people. So again, a lot of, lot of numbers out here, but I think that's a really important one. It also addresses health insurance and the plan provides a refundable tax credits for insurance premiums that are intended to limit family uh, spending on premiums to a maximum of eight and a half percent of their total income. Uh, so again, sort of across the scale, uh, potentially for lower incomes, I guess is where, where this is designed, it looks like but maximing out the premiums at 8.5% of total income. Uh, and the plan provides enhanced tax benefits for those that purchase long-term care insurance. Now, that's a big, uh, that's a big one for us here because we talk about that umbrella over your assets. And one of the bigger things out there right now is exposure for long-term care, um, uh, home health care, assisted living, long-term care. And this looks like it was going to enhance a tax benefit. We're not sure exactly what it is yet, but for those that actually uh, self-insure against long-term care insurance. So that this version of the plan actually, uh, if it does sign into law, that would be a huge, a huge benefit for those that are looking at cover themselves for long-term care. But we'll see what happens on that, right, Michael? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, the next thing I want to touch on uh, doesn't affect me anymore, but it looks like there might be not a stimulus, but an incentive for first-time home buyers. It's a big one too. Yeah, it really is. So the idea right now is that this plan would reinstate the first-time home buyer tax credit uh, that we saw. I mean, a little bit over a decade ago, and that kind of came around during the Great Recession at that point in time. But this credit would provide as much as $15,000 for a first-time home purchase. Um, so that can be an exciting thing to look forward to for most people. The housing market's absolutely crazy right now. Uh, so something definitely to keep an eye on and to consider. Yeah, and it's interesting enough, Michael, part of that proposal itself is that it was wet 15,000 potentially to be 
refundable or advanced at the time of purchase, actually, and instead of actually when you typically get it was when you file for your taxes. So I'm not sure exactly how that might work, but uh, an advance looks, of 15 K I would yeah. have loved that. I'm renovating my house. That'd been fantastic. <laughs> there you go. That could pay for a, a piece of lumber today. Goodness. <laughs> uh, another part of the proposal right now is uh, student debt. Now we hear, we've heard a lot of uh, white noise. I'll call it that uh, for all the, pre-election campaign and and uh, relieving of student debt and, and those kinds of particular things. So this is still going on right now. So it's going to be a little difficult to decipher through until they actually make a decision here. But the plan itself is talking about providing uh, some tax relief for those with student debt. Um, and currently, like loan forgiveness itself is reportable at as income. But under this particular plan, there would be some assistance that actually would forgive the balance of the borrowers are outstanding debt after 20 years without really socking them with a tax liability. So they're talking about a 20 years worth of student debt, potentially forgiveness, and there's some uh, some better tax implications. There. Yeah. And the big thing about that forgiveness is that under the plan, it's not considered income if everything does go through the way that it's going to go through. Because as of right now, loan forgiveness is considered income and is taxable. Yeah, and, and just to say, if it, if it is loan forgiveness, for those of you that have student loan out there, if you've got $20,000 in loans and they are forgiven, man, I wish I had that plan back in my day. Um, but if it is forgiven right now, it would be um, it would be part of ordinary income. So if you were even in a 22% tax bracket, even though it was forgiven, you'd still have a tax liability of $4,400 on that. That's not bad for a forgiven loan for 20,000, so keep it in perspective there. But what this would do would actually, if I'm understanding it right, Michael, is not even not even incurring that tax liability of the $4,400. Yep, correct. Yeah, excellent there. So again, student loan forgiveness has been sort of a, a political pawn out there, if I may say it that way. Uh, so they're trying to really dial in and maybe make good on some of the promises they made. Uh, the but also figuring out the tax structure for that too. So hold on and keep your eyes open and uh, we will be on top of it once we know anything here final. So we've talked a lot about a lot today in uh, today's show, Michael. And again, if people would like to contact us, 574-968-SWAN, 574-968-7926, or contact us at our website, goldenyears-advisors.com. And uh, Right at this point in time, Michael, let's uh, jump into the last part of this uh, and talk a little bit about another aspect of that Investopedia article. Yeah. So we're going to touch on a couple things right here. And I, I think these are really important. Very, very important. Um, this is what we focus on a lot. And it's something that has kind of been forgotten. And that's estate taxes. So we're going to hit on that. But we're also going to talk about payroll. Um, so I'm going to have to read off this point that I wrote down just because it is very unique. It's different. And I want to make sure that I don't say this wrong when it comes to payroll taxes. Not only different, it's a major impact on this part. Yeah, absolutely. So in 2020, the Social Security payroll tax is 6.2% for both the employer and the employee on salaries up to the contribution limit of $142,800 for 2021. So for the self-employed, the social security tax is 12.4% of net profits. The Biden plan would implement an additional social security payroll tax of 6.2% for both the employer 
and the employee on income of 400k or more. Um, so that that's it's weird. There's kind of like a donut hole in there because the plan doesn't call for additional social security taxes on salaries between 142,800 and up to 400,000. So there's a hole right there, but above that 400,000 more social security tax is going to be implemented. So we always get this question, what's going to happen to social security? Is it going to run out? What's going to, what's going to occur? Well, this seems like it's one of the funding options that might be coming across. That's going to heavily affect people's incomes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it'll be interesting if it actually affects their benefit then too. Um, there's no proposals on the benefit uh, because there's a maximum on benefit right now you can get on Social Security. So there's no proposals that even if these that have the higher wages uh, end up paying another another 12 and a half or 12.4 percent. And I would assume they're going to include the Medicare tax into this, too. Uh, but the extra 12.4 percent, uh, there's no indication that's going to um, increase their benefits over a period of time, too. So interesting to see how this pans out. But, yeah. Um, for those that are over $400,000, an extra 12 and a half percent, along with the things we talked about before and the estate art, the other, the article also talks about estate taxes, Michael, and that could be a really, uh, a really big impact here too. Um, the federal talk about dropping those federal estate tax limits, which are right now, you can have 11.58 million in assets, uh, and not have any federal estate taxes. And typical federal estate taxes are programmed to be 35 to 40% over that 11.58 million. And this proposal is dropping that 11.58 million unified credit down, if you will, to, they're not exactly sure, but we'll say roughly around 5 million, probably three and a half to $5 million. Uh, people would have estates over that, that they will start hitting maybe that tax rate around 35 to 40% for their state when they pass away. And I know there's a lot of it's good estate planning going on there. We're going to be bringing back some strategies that we've talked about uh, many years ago about how to protect against the estate taxes because uh, people are always surprised what's all included in your estate, things like life insurance, death benefit, and those particular things. So there's a big impact there on that one. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so I think we should start to kind of wrap this up. I, yep. I think that last point of estate taxes is very, very, very important. That means that it a lot more people need to start planning to save the most on taxes for their estate, for their legacy as much as possible. I mean, and that's an area where we come in and help and assist a lot uh, because there are a lot of things out there that you can do to help assist. Uh, and that's the goal is to keep more money within your family, within your, your legacy plan. And even though we love our country, we don't want to give all of our money to uncle Sam. So right. it's, it's time <laughs> to start planning and thinking ahead and not reacting. Yeah. We always say two different tax codes out there, right? And the one for the informed and one for the ill-informed. And uh, the biggest question that always comes out of this, Michael is, Okay, I hear you guys. I hear what y'all are saying, but honestly, are my taxes going up? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, that's always creates the anxiety, and the, probably the simplest answer says it. Yeah, it's honestly the answer is going to be yes. All right, for the most people out there, the answer is yes. And again, because of some of the repeal of uh, Trump's 
tax uh, cuts that he put in place. The most of those are getting repealed. So it's already scheduled to go up in uh, 2026. That's probably not going to change. And the other part of it, I think, or the last thing I want to remind people about again is even though those in higher incomes are going to get taxed heavily here with this proposal, that there is a trickle down effect. So even though your tax rate and structure may not go up, maybe your cost of goods are going to, or maybe we're going to have some uh, uh, some unemployment that may come out of that too from those corporate taxes and stuff like that too. Don't know. We don't have the crystal ball, but taxes, taxes, and taxes. So Michael, I think we covered a ton today. And uh, let folks know if they have questions, uh, they can give us a call. And how can they do that, Michael? Yep. Feel free to reach out to us at 574-968-7926 or simply just go to our website. And that's goldenyears-advisors.com. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and sign off for today. I'm Michael Anthony. And I'm Kevin Anthony. And this is the Swan Song Financial Show. Y'all take care. Thank you for listening to the Swan Song Financial Show. Don't pay too much for taxes or retire without a sound income plan. For more information, please contact Kevin and Michael Anthony at Golden Years Financial Advisors. Call 574-968-7926 or visit them online at goldenyears-advisors.com. All matters discussed during this show are for informational purposes only. Each individual situation may vary and the opinions expressed here may not apply to everyone. Materials presented are believed to be from reliable sources and no representations can be made as to its accuracy. All ideas and information should be discussed in detail with one of our qualified representatives prior to implementation. Advisory services are offered by Golden Years Financial Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor in the state of Indiana. Insurance products and services are offered through Golden Years Planning Services, Inc. and Anthony Financial Services affiliated companies. Kevin Anthony, Michael Anthony, Golden Years Financial Advisors, Inc. and Anthony Financial Services are not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency.